facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Welcome to The Kale Clark Show. It is March the 23rd, 2023. And I'm so happy that you join me for this program. It's a very, very special and meaningful episode today. 888-914-9149 is the number to call to talk to me or my guest, who I'll introduce in just a moment, 888-914-9149. You can also email the program, kale, C-A-L-E, at relevantradio.com, and follow me on Twitter at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. Well, Memorial Day is coming up this coming Monday, May the 29th, to honor those who have fallen, who gave all in serving the United States of America. It's the last Monday in May. And we are celebrating today, in particular, the life of a hero priest. And if you haven't heard his story, you are in for a very, very special hour, because I am joined by someone who has written about him very eloquently and shared things that are just going to blow your mind. Let me introduce him to you right now. He is the Vice President for College Relations at Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas. He is the author of The Rosary of St. John Paul II, The Fatima Family Handbook, and What Pope Francis Really Said. He's a writer-in-residence, too, at Benedictine College, a former reporter in the Washington, D.C. area. We'll have to ask him how he survived the swamp somehow. He was the press secretary of the U.S. House Ways and Means Committee chairman, and he spent 10 years as the executive editor of the National Catholic Register. Tom Hoops is my guest today. Tom, thank you so much for taking the time. It's great to run you down. How are you? Uh, this is, I'm, I'm doing really well, and I'm really excited to be here and talk about Father Capon, who has had such a huge impact on so many people, and myself included now. A- absolutely, and that is who we're going to talk about, the Servant of God, Father Emil Capon, military chaplain, one of only five to receive a, a very special honor, and we'll, we'll ask you about that in just a minute, but uh, Father Rocky, the CEO of Relevant Radio, messaged me last night and said, Kale, you have to check out this article. You have to see this, because every year on the Kale Clark Show, we do a salute to service leading up to Memorial Day. And by the way, if you're a veteran, you're going to get put to the front of the line if you call in, if you have a, a question for my guest today, 888 I really want to thank you for your service but you wrote an incredible piece uh, in Colombia, which uh, Father uh, Rocky sent to me last night. And he said, you got to check this out. It's an incredible story, not only about Father Emil Capon, but about how his remains came back to the United States. And, and it truly blew my mind. But before we, before we get into to all that, let me ask you this, Tom. How did you first become aware of the story of Father Capon? Well, I'm here in Kansas. I moved to uh, Kansas from the East Coast after I left the National Catholic Register and started here at Benedictine College in Atchison. And you kind of you can't be a Catholic in Kansas and not hear about uh, hmm. Father Emil Capon, as they say it in his hometown. But I think we'll stick with Emil Capon because that's how most people hear and know his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've got to tell you, as much as I've heard about him. When uh, the Knights reached out to me and asked to uh, to cover his story, I was just was just blown away. But I, you know, you see his holy card everywhere. It's funny you see his uh, 
his picture on, you know, it just in people's houses, like up on mm-hmm. their fridge or up on wow. their uh, counters. And ever since this article was published, I keep getting stopped by people saying, thank you so much for telling the story of Father Capon, is that how they say it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people are really, in, in Kansas, are, are very moved by the fact that one of our own has, has accomplished so much. Absolutely. You're listening to The K.O. Clark Show. My guest is Tom Hoops from Benedictine College in Kansas. For those who may never have heard of Father Capon, can, can you share, just in broad strokes, the outline of his remarkable life? Yeah, so he was a, uh, a, a small-town boy from Kansas here, kind of halfway between where I am and Wichita, Kansas, not far from Wichita. Not far, as it turns out, from the place where one of the first martyrs ever in America died, Father Juan Padilla. But that's mm. a different story. But yeah. he, uh, he grew up on a farm, the Czech immigrant farm, uh, you know, hardworking people. He decided to become a priest. He was, he was, you know, a strong priest. But then he ended up going overseas as an army chaplain. And he was initially famous for uh, his heroics on the battlefield. He would go <laughs> and uh, kind of hold prisoners in his arms while they died. He got the, uh, the Medal of Honor for going and uh, pushing a, a soldier aside who was going to, you know, a Chinese soldier who was going to kill an American. And then uh, pulling uh, Herbert Miller off the battlefield to safety. So he's just an incredibly brave guy, but also known for just for the way he kept uh, army morale up and with his troops and just chatting with people, telling jokes with people, whatever mm. it took to get them through the day. Okay, but his greatest achievement and the one that he's often most remembered for now is when he was a prisoner of war. Uh, in the Korean War, kind of on the border of uh, Korea and China there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he started to serve his flock. They were in incredibly terrible conditions. It's was, it was the, the coldest winter on record there. And uh, nobody was adequately fed or clothed. or you know, So everyone was freezing to death. People were dying left and right. And he would go out from camp to camp and just kind of help people keep their spirits up. He would see what he could scrounge for them and bring it by and, um, and, and just, cause mm. just getting anything, even a little trinket that you don't need is going to help raise your spirit. He'd say a prayer Absolutely. with them. If that's what they needed, he'd tell a joke with them. He'd ask for them to tell him a joke. And the guys over there were just incredibly moved by this and they can't talk about him without tears in their eyes yeah. uh, because of what he did for them. Absolutely. It's so fatherly and so very human and also so very divine. They really had, uh, supernatural uh, characteristics that, and it, a lot of people are familiar with the famous image. We posted it on our Twitter account as well, and you can uh, see it on my feed there at Kale Clark if you check it out, and also on the relevant radio feed of him celebrating Mass on his Jeep. Uh, just a, an amazing picture that just speaks volumes. You're listening to the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio, triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. My guest today is Tom Hoops from Benedictine College in Kansas. I was written an incredible piece uh, in Columbia Magazine, the magazine of the Knights of Columbus, about the servant of God, the legendary Father Emil Capon. And and when you wrote, Tom, this this piece for Columbia, it was actually a copy of another uh, Columbia Magazine back in 2003 that happened to be on a table in a doctor's waiting room that proved to be powerfully providential. Can you tell us what happened? 
Yeah. So, uh, he, so what happens when you die in a prison of war camp in Korea is that you are taken and you're tossed on a pile of bodies in a mass grave. Mm. They maybe sprinkle some dirt over you, cover you a little bit. Uh, but you're lost. I mean, your, your body is not going to be recovered. What happened was they brought a bunch of these, uh, right after the war, there was a, a, an agreement made between, I think it was China at the time and the United States to return any dead, uh, you know, any casualties of war to mm-hmm. the United States. So these soldiers were all brought to these, uh, to this punch bowl cemetery in Honolulu, Hawaii. And this is, it's called punch bowl because it's in this crater that kind of looks like a punch bowl, okay. but they had all these folks there and then they spent years, you know, the army takes very seriously. It's promised that they're going to bring everybody back and, no man uh, remains behind, or woman, for that matter. So they, they spent all this time kind of parsing through these different remains and trying to figure out who's who and see if mm. they can figure out who's who. Uh, and people who were, you know, fond of Father Capon didn't hold out any hope at all that anybody would ever find one person among many there. Or if they did, maybe it would be kind of an iffy uh, they'd wonder if, if if this was really him or not. But then this incredible story happened that started with this magazine in a Veterans Administration Hospital in Naples, Florida. What happened was there was a man named William Hansen who had been a prisoner of war with Father Capon, and he had served as a taxi driver up in New York. And he retired down to um, Florida, and he was actually helping drive ambulances and stuff. Wow. He also would go to the Veterans Administration Hospital because the nightmares of his uh, experience kept returning to him. And it was in a waiting room there that he saw a magazine, which was identified as the Knights of Columbus magazine. So Columbia is the Knights of Columbus magazine, Mm -hmm. in which he saw a picture of this uh, priest. And that brought back all these memories. And he told the doctor he was saying, I know this man. I buried this man. And the priest said, well, you better get a hold of uh, the, the canonization people because this pre- the, the doctor said that. The doctor somehow was familiar with the, um, with the whole story. So the doctor was able to get him in touch with the right people. And he told the story to these people who had been tracking the cause of Father Capon, and nobody believed his story. I mean, everybody thought, okay, well, this yeah. was a tough time for everybody. Who knows what happened? And what it turned out to be was was incredible clues that led to a remarkable solution. Yeah, and it, and it is a, is a very very compelling story. You're listening to the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio triple eight nine one four nine one four nine, talking with Tom Hoops from Benedictine College and his new article that just came out this month in Columbia Magazine about Father Emil Capon and. And and this this is this is amazing because yeah when as you said in the in the article and William Hansen uh, who was a prisoner of war in the same camp uh, with Father Emil when when he mentioned to the doctor I know this man I was with him I buried him he had this he had a non disclosure agreement he wasn't allowed to talk about his POW experience but then the doctor as you as you mentioned in your piece told him hey that was fifty years ago maybe the statute of limitations has run out on this you got to get in touch with the diocese. And so who did he meet next? Who did William Hansen run into next as the, as the mystery continues to unfold? 
Yeah, well, I think he got in touch with Father Hotze, who was a Kansas priest who was kind of heading up the, the canonization cause. He had some uh, military ties. And uh, Father Hotze thought, uh, I don't know what to think of this mm. story, but let me hear what you have to say. Uh, and so he told this incredible story. So he knew Father Capon, and all of his stories matched what Father Hotze had heard. You know, Father Capon would go around and scrounge stuff. And uh, he would actually, he, he got William Hansen to help him scrounge stuff. So he would give these people little jobs so that they could kind of be part of his ministry of hope. Wow. Uh, and he remembers Father Capon going to the sick house. So the sick house was a, uh, was a pagoda there in the camp that was called the sick house. Some people call it the death house. Basically mm. what happened is you were brought there and you, People rarely, if ever, returned from this from this sick house. So he saw Father Capon was there, and they saw that they would put Father Capon's meals, his daily rations, outside his door. And Father Capon was very weak by this point; he couldn't get to his doorway. So William Hansen would bring the food into him. But then suddenly, a, a guard saw him doing that and forbade him from doing that anymore. And Father Capon died. Uh, so he was. Uh, William Hansen was told to bury Father Capon, probably to teach him a lesson that you can't be attached to these people and uh, and what what have you. And so he and another soldier buried him. Normally, what happens is that there are uh, two prisoners who do the burial plus a guard to make sure they do the right thing. Well, for some reason, uh, the way Hansen told the story, there was no guard on duty for huh. him, uh, and he knew Father Capon didn't want to be buried in the Mass grave. Yeah, he had a request, right? He had a request that he not be buried in the mass grave, but of course that wasn't going to be taken seriously by the by the guards. Uh, Father Capon, by the way, was one of the few people who would volunteer for burial duty because none of the prisoners wanted to do it. It was a grisly, terrible task. But Father Capon would do it, and so he blessed the remains of Hmm. soldiers as he buried them. Um, At any rate, the two soldiers took him out, and instead of putting him in the mass grave, they dug down about a foot and a half in the dirt behind a particular kind of lean-to type of shelter. And then they covered over the body with dirt. And then they put stones on top of it so that animals wouldn't dig up the body. Uh, and for some reason, I don't know if it got covered with snow, this was overlooked. Uh, and so when the, when the, when the uh, war ended and the Chinese soldiers were going to return bodies, they saw these markers and they dug up this body and they put it in a separate place, a separate, you know, enclosure and sent it over with the other ones. And so once it got to the punch bowl, they buried this body separately from the others as an intact skeleton. And oh my gosh, uh, when they actually looked for this thing, uh, for this, for uh, Father Capone's remains, they found a skeleton, and they and this uh, woman at the hospital there said, "I never say I'm a hundred percent certain that a skeleton belongs to somebody, but this time I can say I'm a hundred percent certain." Father Capon was older than other inmates there, uh, and this skeletal remains—you can tell the age—was older. Uh, he had the same the dental work was still uh, visible, so they could match dental records, uh, and. They, 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 the DNA matched also. So they like know that this is the body of this great saint that this man happened to come across in this picture in a VA hospital and happened to talk to a doctor who happened to know who to call 
it's an incredible story. And this guy, that well, so poor William Hansen, he passed away shortly after sharing the story with the uh, with the cause of canonization. So you know, we're talking about a window of time here, a very small window where this story ever could have gotten out. And now we have Father Capon returning to Kansas, where so many people love him. Oh, it's it's such a compelling story, and and there is a really poignant aspect of this. When he returned, when his mortal remains returned to the United States, and who got to be there and greet and, and even touch them. We're, we're going to share that uh, right after this break. My guest is Tom Hoops, who just wrote an amazing piece about the servant of God, Father Emile Capon, a great hero, a great military hero, chaplain in the Korean War who died in 1951 in a prison camp. You're listening to our Salute to Service on the Kale Clark Show for Memorial Day. And we'll be right back after this. 888-914-9149. This is The Kale Clark Show. On Relevant Radio. He had his apostles gathered about him one day, and he said to them, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled or be afraid. The peace which God gives to people is different from the peace known by the world. The world regards peace as freedom from suffering, freedom from worry and care, Freedom from want, freedom from fighting. In a way, it is a sort of a negative thing. But the peace which God gives is a gift which exists even in suffering, in want, or even in time of war. The saints who were friends of God had peace of conscience even when they were persecuted, even when they had to suffer many outrages, and some of them even had to part with their lives. We can surely expect that in our own lives there will come a time when we must make a choice between being loyal to the true faith or of giving allegiance to something else which is either opposed to or not in alliance with our faith. O God, we ask of Thee to give us the courage to be ever faithful to Thee. Blessed are they who suffer persecution for justice' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. May the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of you. Amen. And that was Father Emile Capon, his last recorded homily. And we will post a link to that in the show notes for this episode as well. It's hard to, to listen to that and hold it together. He, he not only preached those words, but he lived them out, uh, dying as a prisoner of war at 35 years old in Korea in 1951. And joining me today to talk about the amazing story about how his remains, his mortal remains, were recovered and brought back home to the United States. It's our Salute to Service episode on the Kale Clark Show. I'm joined by Tom Hoops, Vice President and Writer-in-Residence at Benedictine College in Kansas. And you were just sharing with us before the break, Tom, and if you have a question for Tom, you can call in 888 9149 veterans go right to the front of the line 888-914-9149 thank you for your service and tom you mentioned how modern 
really advances in DNA testing is what was really able to prove that William Hansen's account of what happened to Father Capon was, in fact, true with 100% certainty. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so they were able to um, find this skeleton that was totally intact except for a kneecap uh, in in the, the, the cemetery, the military cemetery, the cemetery there in Honolulu. Uh, and matched the teeth, matched the height. He was taller than most other uh, inmates. Matched the age. 35 was well older than most troops. I mean, most of the people who went over there and fought for us were very young, their whole lives ahead of them. And, uh, and, and we're able to, dis- and then plus the modern understanding of DNA. Now, one thing they've noticed in a lot of these uh, 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 skeletal remains mm-hmm. is that an attempt was made to preserve them in formaldehyde when we got them back uh, by people who thought that would be a good idea and didn't realize that with DNA testing, the formaldehyde actually works against, it works at cross purposes with being able Mm -hmm. to, to identify these remains. Well, his wasn't for some reason, it was just placed in his cat. So all the things aligned and, and as if God wanted to make sure that wow. he returned to Kansas and returned to the people who love him so much and just to return to his, his group of buddies. Uh, it was incredible listening to that uh, homily that you played because uh, his nephew, who plays a big role in this story, Ray Capon, was uh, mm-hmm. once asked uh, how he would sum up Father Capon in one word. And he's, he said, peace. He said, I think that's what he lived for. I think that's what he fought for. And to be able to give that peace, I think everybody can look at Father Emil and just see peace. So peace is really the watchword of this man's life as he went into the most harrowing conditions imaginable on battlefields with fire, you know, live fire, and pulling people out from harm's way. Uh, this is an incredible, incredible story of an incredible, incredible priest. It, it truly is. You're listening to the Kale Clark Show. My guest is Tom Hoops, triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. And and speaking of Ray Capon, the the nephew of Father Emil Capon, you you tell a really poignant story in in the article on Columbia Magazine. We'll provide a link to that, by the way, in the show notes as well, along with that homily from Father Capon. He wasn't always that de- that devoted to his uncle and. and he was able to lift the the mortal remains of Father Emil after his skeleton was positively identified. And it was such an incredible yeah. emotionally moment for him. He, as you wrote, the priest who had carried all of his friends and all of his, all of his fellow soldiers had finally been carried home. Tell me a little bit about uh, Ray's journey. Yeah, Ray Capon himself has an amazing journey. He knew that his uncle was special he or respectable. He always heard his... Uh, you know, grandparents talk about his uncle Emil and how he was a priest. who was a good guy. He kind of, uh, I think thought of it as, well, that was a priest. He died overseas. So people are going to say nice things about him. But then he came across an old life magazine when he was cleaning out an attic, I think in his teens. And he read the story of father Capon and he, uh, read quotes by one man in particular, uh, whose name is escaping me. I'm looking for a sheet of paper uh, who uh, shared the story of his friends and what uh, Father Capon had meant to them in um, over in the 
uh, in Korea. And what, he was Mike, Do- Mike Dow. Mike Dow. Mike Dow. Oh my gosh, Mike Dow is awesome. I should not be forgotten. He's uh, he's tremendous. He keeps telling and retelling the story of Father Capon. But he realized this guy was this. My uncle was something special, and then he dedicated himself to trying to collect stories, trying to make sure his uncle's name was understood, try to make sure nobody else made the mistake that he did and overlooked this man. And he talked about, he was standing in the Punchbowl Cemetery in Honolulu, uh, looking around at all the people who had died with Father Capon, whose remains will never be identified, who were just there uh, in, 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 this, in this graveyard. Uh, and he said, you know, it was right that he was here with his buddies for so long. Hmm. And he said that, um, it'd be, that he felt that Father Capon wanted to return to Kansas. Kansas is a place where, oh my gosh, the love for this guy. I haven't seen it now that this article has uh, been published. It's just overwhelming. His mom, Father Capon's mom, mm. Elizabeth, she suffered from dementia late in life, and she re- forgot her own name, but she never forgot uh, Emil's name. He was the one she always asked for. Um, so he, he, he talks about this incredible experience of being there in the medical lab and lifting his uncle's remains out and putting them on a gurney. And, and he traveled back to Kansas with the remains. Uh, he said he wondered, leaving the laboratory, there were all these military people who were there when he got there working on stuff and busy in all these labs and you know, doors opening and closing, phones going off, people in every window you pass. Suddenly, the whole place was empty, and he thought, oh, my gosh, was there an evacuation? Was there a fire drill that I missed? And so then they walk out with the remains, and the whole staff, what, what was standing, saluting, I'm sorry, crying doesn't sound as good on radio, so it looks on, on video. <laughs> but okay. uh, the people were, were, were lining the, the walkway, even the lab workers, uh, as, he left the, um, as he left the labs. To, to honor this man. It's, it's so moving. And, and what, what a poignant story as well about his mother, Elizabeth, who died in 1986. Uh, she never stopped looking for her son, Father Emil, to come home, to come home to America. And, and he did. And, and when Father Capon's mortal remains were brought back to Kansas from, from that lab and eventually got back to Kansas in 2021, some of his fellow POWs who are still alive, obviously William Hansen passed away soon after discovering that magazine saying, I buried this man, which started this whole process. But some of the other POWs who were with Father Capon in North Korea were able to be there to pay their respects and be with him sort of in person once again to touch those mortal remains. Can you paint the picture for us of what happened on those days. Oh my gosh, it was incredible. The, I, I wasn't there, uh, but uh, I've heard the descriptions, I've seen the video. Um, so his, uh, his nephew, Ray, said as they drove up, there had to be like a half mile of flags on each side of the road coming into wow. little Pilsner, uh, Pilsen, Kansas, which is a tiny little town. Oh my gosh. I'm in Atchison, which is a, a, a small Kansas town, but Pilsen is just infinitesimal even compared to Atchison. People just lining the road uh, and waving flags and welcoming him home. The POWs were all there, you know, tears, embracing, telling their stories about uh, Father Capon. And then Bishop Kemi. So Father Capon was able to spend 
uh, I think a day and a night in his hometown of Pilsen, kind of coming home to where he started. Uh, and uh, Bishop Kemi, Carl Kemi, gave a, a homily there. He said, one of the emotions I feel so strongly that I need to step up my game when it comes to my own living of my priestly life. Wow. So that my actions, both seen and unseen, are steeped in the quality of self-giving and self-sacrifice that was so evident in the life of Father Capon. So this is a man who just, you know, people see him and they want to be better. Yeah, and that, that's it. And I, I, I had the opportunity of speaking to somebody who, who lived with a canonized saint once, uh, St. Jose Maria Escrivá, and that's exactly what he said. I said, what, what, did, you, what did you get from, from living with this man, being around him all the time? And he said, I, every time I was with this guy, I knew I had to be better. I had to be better. I mean, trust me, this man was pretty holy himself, far holier than I, and so I thought, man, th- th- this is what it's all about. It's about inspiring us to become the people that God created us to be. And hopefully we're all living saints. <laughs> we're all in process, that's for sure, but but hearing this inspiring story about Father Capon is truly, truly moving. If you have a question for my guest, Tom Hoops, if you are a, someone who has a devotion to Father Capon, who, who admires his life, uh, who, or who's a veteran, you can call in right now, 888-914-9149. That's the number to call toll-free on the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. It's our salute to service, which we do every year at this time around Memorial Day. What, what do you think is the lasting impression? If you could say, if there's one thing I want you to remember about Father Capon, what, what would you tell our listeners? Well, I think it's that self-giving, self-sacrifice, that um, total identification with the life and mission of Jesus Christ, such that you live your life for others, uh, that you are willing to give whatever is necessary for others. You know, you said that thing about seeing somebody like that makes you want to be better. And you know what? That's what Memorial Day is really all about. Some people complain, we shouldn't call these people heroes. All they did was, but oh my gosh, it is so right to call these people heroes. Mm. People who rose above the partisan pettiness that we all have and said, you know what, I'm going to, no matter who the president is, no matter what, what, you know, where we are, I'm going to give my life for my country. People who committed themselves to virtues that, frankly, I lack. I mean, I wouldn't be able to do what these people did and go out on the front lines and put myself on the line and, and be able to do all the things that these people did. Uh, but most importantly, to be able to love the way these people loved. I mean, we sometimes think that love means ha- you know doing novenas and devotions, and I think that hmm. that's all very loving stuff to do. But when it comes down to it, one of these people who's willing to lay down their life for their brothers and sisters uh, regardless, without caring who they are, just because that's the right thing to do. I mean, that's what Jesus Christ himself says, no greater love has this than anyone. And that's what we celebrate in Memorial Day. All of these people, all of these people, they inspire us to be better. That's why we stand for veterans. That's why we say thank mm-hmm. you for your service. Because these people are true heroes who've done incredible things that we know, <laughs> some of us know, uh, we wonder if we could do that if we were called to the same thing. <laughs> it's so well said. Uh, Tom Hoops is my guest. You're listening to The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888 talking about the life, the legacy of Father Emil Capon and this incredible story uh, that Tom wrote in Columbia Magazine. Again, we'll provide a link to that in the show notes along with the final known homily of Father Capon. You heard a snippet of it earlier in the program. So if you're a veteran, please call in 888 
888-528-9149. We'll be right back after this break with more from Tom and the extraordinary story of Christ himself. We'll be right back on the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. The Kale Clark Show, giving you the confidence you need to bring the faith into everyday life. Hey, welcome back to the program. It's our salute to service for Memorial Day 2023, and I'm so glad that you're listening in. You can call in as well, 888-914-9149 is the number to call, 888-914-9149. If you're a veteran, I want to thank you for your service, and you'll be put right to the front of the line, okay? 888-914-9149. It's the least we can do. And joining me today on the program is Vice President and Writer-in-Residence at Benedictine College in Kansas, Tom Hoops, who wrote an incredible piece about Father Emil Capon and his return, his, the return of his mortal remains. And it's, a, it's just a miraculous story. It's really cinematic. You have to read this. We'll put a link to it in the show notes, uh, how his mortal remains are returned uh, to his home state of Kansas. And... and let me ask you this, Tom. Obviously, I want to know a little bit about more about what you're doing at Benedictine College, and, and also, how important is it? I mean, Benedictine is one of the, the great faithful Catholic colleges in America. How important, especially in the light of today's cultural zeitgeist, I guess you could say, is it important for students to be really formed in the faith, is what happens there? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, we see in just in Father Capon's story about what one faithful person can do. Uh, and that's kind of what we want to promote here at Benedictine College. Mm. Our newest strategic plan is all about transforming culture in America. And the one and only way you can transform culture in America is by introducing students to Jesus Christ, because he is the only, the one and only person who can transform culture in America. Uh, so, so that's true. kind of been our focus. We, we're trying to form students here to transform culture in America, put them in good jobs where they can transform culture in America. Then we're extending our mission through a number of podcasts and videos and whatnot to transform culture in America, kind of in line with these good Kansas values that, uh, that Father Kavan shared. Hmm. Uh, I mean, one, one thing that I've been doing is I've been um, uh, just doing this work with this uh, podcast, The Extraordinary Story, which has really kind of transformed me personally over the last, I've been doing it for a year. Looks like we're going to have, uh, you know, years ahead of us here, but it's going event by event through the life of Christ and just uh, trying to uncover, you know, what the meaning is, what mm. history says the meaning is, and kind of, um, it's kind of a different take. We've gotten some great feedback. What, how it happened in my life was that I, uh, I remember not believing in Jesus Christ much as I was growing mm -hmm. up. I thought, well, what's the big deal? I remember being kind of romantic and loving Jesus and the baby Jesus at Christmas <laughs> as a kid, but then I kind of lost my faith, and I thought, well, what's the big deal here? And then going to a Catholic university uh, to a great books program that was out in California, I discovered, oh, my gosh, 
Jesus Christ might actually be real. And it's <laughs> kind of a weird, it's a weird thing to, to describe because you kind of get in a secular yeah. world into this mindset where, you know, he's, this is just a story or this mm-hmm. is, yeah. we don't know. It's just, even you think of him as a ridiculous figure that you can joke about. Um, but then when you hit uh, this realization that, wow, maybe God really did become man. And if he did, then this is a fascinating event that will take a lifetime to unpack. And so what I did as I started to look at the person of Jesus Christ, I kind of became a connoisseur of Life of Christ books back in my, you know, <laughs> and then and I've always wanted to write a Life of Christ. For the past 15 years, I've been kind of doing these Sunday things for the National Catholic Register, for Alatea, for uh, New Advent now, where um, just kind of looking week by week at the Life of Christ. Finally, we're rolling it all together, uh, and it's been an amazing journey, uh, kind of looking at the life of Christ and trying to see where modern scientific discoveries point to him. I, you know, I always started out being kind of wary of modern scientific discoveries, but the more I look into the details, the more I see they're compatible with him. And then trying to see uh, how what we know about personal identity. I, one fascination hmm. with me is finding your identity in Jesus Christ. What does that mean? And how is it relevant to all the identity issues that people are facing today? So what we're really trying to do is kind of unpack the life of Christ, but with this very um, kind of 21st century concerned mind or, you know, the outlook that's, that's asking these questions about science and about, um, you know, uh, what's going on in the culture today. I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Tom Hoops is my guest, writer-in-residence at Benedictine College in, in Kansas, and also uh, really the force behind this new podcast, The Extraordinary Story, that he just described to you. And I, I, I personally can resonate with this because the reason why I became an agnostic, Tom, when I was a teenager and kind of stopped practicing my Catholic faith, I, I really didn't have that intellectual formation and my big question was, how do I know Jesus really existed? Is this is this all just a bunch of fairy tales? Did this stuff really happen? Did he really do miracles? Did he really rise from the dead? And obviously the Bible is very refreshingly blunt about this, as St. Paul says. Hey, if he didn't rise from the dead, we're all just wasting our time here. We, we should be out partying somewhere. Let's eat and drink for tomorrow we die. But no, he has risen from the dead. And so I, I really like this. And I, I got to ask you this, because you, you had a little phrase there uh, just a moment ago. You talked about modern scientific evidence not not being in conflict with what you're finding about Christ. Is there anything in particular along those lines that, that really strikes you right now? Yeah, well, so I've, uh, I describe it as kind of mini crises of faith. <laughs> you know, I used to say, like I'm just going to ignore scientific stuff that I don't understand and, and just, you know, they say you don't have to look into this stuff. But, the, you know, the more you look into it, you think, okay, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's all this evidence for various, uh, you know, evolution or various uh, brain science, and the brain is doing crazy things that mm-hmm. nobody expected it to be doing. And uh, how does all this work? You know, one little mini crisis I had was uh, I, it suddenly dawned on me that we didn't have writing until relatively recently in human history. I thought, well, how is God communicating with people? for all these years before we even had writing. And how does that mm-hmm. jive with what we know? Anyway, so luckily I'm here at Benson College. Question. We have this great floor full of uh, theologians. 
And I would park myself in their offices. They kind of, I don't think they ever dreaded seeing me because they like having these conversations. <laughs> but I would park <laughs> myself in their office and say, tell me a little bit about such and such. And what that did is it, it gave me access. I had just the right questions and I was asking mm-hmm. just the right people so that in the podcast, as you'll see, we kind of look at some of these questions of, well, okay, so how did human society unroll after Adam and Eve? And what does that look mm-hmm. like? And what's a Neanderthal? And why is it skeleton different? And who's, what's up with the Adam yeah. and Eve story? And so, and I, you know, trying to come with, come up with orthodox answers that are totally in line with the Catholic faith, but also take into account all of these things. It's, it's a field that I'm scratching the surface of, and we've got some amazing people here who, uh, you know, Dr. Matthew Ramage and Dr. Jim Madden, who've done this amazing work on some of this stuff. But, um, but it is fascinating. And I, and I try to do it in a, in, the, in a way that helps boost faith and help mm-hmm. you understand the issue rather than one that's, that's needlessly academic. Yeah, I, I really like that, and making, making it practical for people, and just giving people the information that they need. Uh, on the Faith Explained program, the other show I host here on Relevant Radio, I, I had a series on, on the book of Genesis, and we tried to answer as many of those types of questions as, as we could, and just really hammer home this idea that there is no conflict between Scripture and science, properly understood. And, and I'm sure that your podcast series, The Extraordinary Story, does touch on uh, some of those issues. I'm certainly really excited to, to hear about this, and, and I'll, you can... Bet your bottom dollar. I'm going to be checking that out, and I'm assuming that's available wherever people can get podcasts, right, Tom? Absolutely, yeah. Or you can go to um, uh, Benedictine College's website, media.benedictine.edu, and find it there. But, um, yeah, if you look it up, it's on Audible, it's on Apple, it's on all those, all the regular places. Uh, and I, it's been really exciting. You know, the first uh, year of it, was, or the first season of it, I should say, was all about some of this scientific stuff i still think you know with a personal edge to it but this the second season which we've just wrapped up um got very personal and i what i mean by that is i you know came across these stories in the gospel Mm. that have a very compelling personal resonance in how we face trials in life how we face you know my own family has faced significant medical issues we've faced uh, significant, you know, interpersonal issues and uh, and how these gospel stories give you answers to some of the most complicated things we're facing nowadays, wow. but they, but gives them in these very simple ways that once you unpack are really, really, uh, really, really beneficial. Uh, I love it. That's true wisdom for what we are going through personally as well. My guest is Tom Hoops. You're listening to the K.O. Clark Show on Relevant Radio. It's our salute to service. We were talking earlier about Tom's incredible article in Columbia Magazine about Father Emil Capon and the miraculous, not only life that he lived, but the miraculous return of his mortal remains to the United States. Let's go to the phones right now. Lily is calling from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hi, Lily. Hi, how are you? Very well, thanks. Thanks for calling in. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just calling to thank you all for thanking us veterans because we did make a choice to die for this country because it is a Christian country and just the best country there is. So I wanted to thank you all for recognizing the veterans um, 
many of whom come back mm. with such a different perspective that they're still in service. They come back mm. and they they help people out who need help. Yesterday, an Army veteran came to my sister's home. who She's very old. <laughs> and he took care of her air conditioner. And that's wow. what I'm seeing. Um, my just, veterans who are coming back, they're just still giving. Yeah, it's selfless service. That's what you guys are all about. And thank you. Thank you for your service, Lily, and, and, and all of the veterans. And like you said, Lily, yeah, the, it's really a choice to, if necessary, to die for one's country, to and you you know what you're signing up for uh, when you enlist, and and to all the small business owners out there too, think about hiring a veteran. These, these guys are are often looking for work, and sometimes it's hard for them to to come back into civilian society. But they've got incredible skills, incredible leadership skills, incredible organizational skills, and and, and I, I mean, if I had a business, I'd be looking for veterans to because they just have a, a team spirit and 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 that. That spirit of service, really, that, that you just talked about, Lily. So, Tom, Tom any, any thoughts on that? Any, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, and as a matter of fact, just, just today I was with a bunch of uh, boys at the Monk Day here on campus at the Benedictine Abbey. Monk Day? That sounds monk interesting. Day. So they got to live the life of monks for a day. So I was in have, charge of these. Did they have to shave their heads or anything? Wear, or, or? They didn't have to shave their head or wear cassocks. <laughs> but one of our exercises was we gathered around the monstrance and we were kind of remembering uh, what we can be thankful for. And we realized, okay, we live in a country where you can turn on a tap and get water. We live in a country where, you know, our refrigerators are full. We have, you know, uh, an infrastructure is delivering food to us. We have linemen who are out on the, uh, you know, the lines giving us electricity to our house, Mm, just kind of going through all these things that we take for granted. And then realized the fundamental one is that we are free and we are here at all because mm. people were willing to do what our caller did and, and say, you know what, we, this needs to be done. I'm willing to do it. Some of us didn't do it. You did. And we can't, couldn't be more grateful or we couldn't consider you a greater hero. And it's just awesome. And, and this is, this is the weekend to do that and to remember veterans, but, uh, and especially those who passed away on Memorial Day. Yeah, and I think that this is this is one of the reasons why, you know, when Father emailed me about this, one, one of the things that he wanted people to know is that they should get out there, if at all possible, this weekend, on Memorial Day weekend, and go to a cemetery and, and pray for those uh, who have fallen in the line of duty. It's what Memorial Day is all about, and pray for the repose of their souls. They've got to be merciful to them and, and to all of us. And and is that something that you, that you practice as well with your with your own family, Tom? Oh, absolutely. In fact, one thing we do is we look up the um, uh, some of the Catholics who passed away, and we find uh, you know people who had masses mm-hmm. said for them. Even in the past year, it's incredible how many uh, recent um, you know members of our armed services have passed, you know, d- died in service to the country. And so we try to remember them especially, and we always try to read their stories. I share some of them on Alatea where I write. Uh, where where we talk about these people who were willing to give everything and, and in some cases did. Uh, so it's it's definitely something that we have center of mind. And then we also have the hamburgers and the hot dogs, <laughs> aware yeah. that that was made possible by the sacrifice of so many. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's well said. Tom Hoops, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about your writing, your podcast, your books, like the Rosary of St. John Paul II and other books you've written? How can they find out more about you, Tom? 
Yeah, if you go to media.benedictine.edu, that's one way, or at Alatea, or you can just type in Tom Hoops Catholic into Google. <laughs> that's, how, that's how my wife does it, uh, yeah. H-O-O-P-E-S. So there you go. <laughs> Hey, that's right. Hey, let Google be your publicist. I, I love that. I love that. So we will we will definitely uh, post, as I said, a link to the article that you wrote in Columbia Magazine, the Magazine of the Knights of Columbus, about the powerful story of how the remains of Father Emil Capon made their way back to the United States. It's very incredibly providential. I know you'll find it inspiring. And also, yes, check out Tom Hoops. Just Google Tom Hoops Catholic, as he said, H O O. P-E-S is how you spell his name. And Tom, thank you. So It was great to hoop it up with you, as it were. It was great yeah, to spend absolutely. this hour with you. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Okay, well, I know you're about to head on a camping trip, and uh, I hope that's a great one as well. And uh, have a blessed uh, Memorial Day weekend. Tom Hoops, thank you so much. You too, thank you. Okay, that was Tom Hoops, if you need him. Uh, wow, that was just a, an incredible hour, incredible conversation. If you missed any of it, uh, please check the podcast, RelevantRadio.com, the Relevant Radio app. That will be up shortly after the program, so, so watch for it. Uh, you can get it on the app or wherever you get your podcasts. And also check out Tom's podcast. I know I will, The Extraordinary Story. I'll be checking that out. sounds uh, really fascinating. And one other thing, talking about questions that, that people ask about the Catholic faith and uh, one big one is always the papacy. I get so many questions about the papacy on the Faith Explained show. And you can always uh, send me your questions, too. It's great to hear what people are thinking about what you want us to cover on this teaching program, which is the other show I host on Relevant Radio. You can email me, faith at relevantradio.com. So we decided, I got so many questions on the papacy, I decided to do a series on it. It's called The Biblical Roots of the Papacy, and you can check uh, the archives there on the website and on the Relevant Radio app if you missed any of them. Now, tomorrow we're going to be talking about a passage that befuddles a lot of Catholics. They don't know how to answer this question. A lot of non-Catholics say, how can the papacy be true? How can the Pope have this charism of infallibility? Don't you know that St. Paul had to rebuke St. Peter in public? How could he be a true Pope if this happened? Well, I'll tell you what that was all about and how you can answer that tomorrow. 1230 Central on the Faith Explained program. But be sure to keep it locked on Relevant Radio the rest of the evening. Tim Reese coming up next, followed by Father Rocky. And thank you, Father, for sending me that article and inspiring this program. It's our salute to service on the Kale Clark Show for Memorial Day. Don't miss the Family Rosary across America coming up later tonight, 7 p.m. Central. Pray for a veteran uh, who gave all, especially those who gave their all. You remember them this Memorial Day. God bless you. Take it away, Michaela. Thank you for listening to my daddy.